Amen. Come on, you celebrate the Lord we serve this morning. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for this wonderful day. Today, God, I pray you would help us to rightly divide your word of truth. Change lives today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we give you honor, for you alone are worthy. And all of God's people shouted amen. God bless you. you. may be seated. God bless you. Great to see everyone here. We spoke last week and the week before on a series of perspective, beginning to understand that when we look at things through a different frame of reference, it changes our life. That when we get saved, how many of you are saved? Wave your hand at me. When you become a child of the Most High God, it changes the way that you view the world. It changes the way that you view love. It changes the way that you view people. And if it doesn't change that, there's not been a definitive change in your life. And, and one of the greatest evidences is to walk in the newness. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to begin reading uh, today around verse 14. If you have your Bibles, turn with me there. Paul's uh, second letter to the church at Corinth. His letter contains a little bit more of an urgency as he writes his second letter. You didn't get it the first time, he's saying, so I'm going to write it a little differently, a little bit more uh, uh, with, with urgency and intentionality. And we see that he says in, in verse 17, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Therefore, if any man would be in Christ... He's a new creation. Some verses say, uh, translations say he's a new creature. But if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. I love that word because how many of you know God's not done with me yet? See, it's not just we were created and that was it or we were saved and that was it. That should begin the, the, the start of our process, our journey. But he said if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Watch this. The old things, everybody say old things. The old things have been passed away. They're gone. Behold, watch what he says. I am making all things new. You see, this is not a past tense. When we get saved, we come down to the altar, we give our life to Jesus. Everything's changed at that moment. Then we get back into life and we continue to walk in the self-pity and the, and the drudgery of life. No, no, no. It's a daily. As a matter of fact, if I could say it this way, it's a moment-by-moment moment newness. Because we only can be new, watch this, when we see ourselves for who we are in Christ. If we don't see ourselves different, then watch this. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, the issues of life flow out of the man's heart. That's why Solomon told his son, guard your heart with all diligence. See, what we think we are, that's who we are. And if we don't see ourselves as new, then our perspective is, is faulty. And what happens is we begin to live a life that is frustrating. And we don't do anything for the glory of God. And that, can I say this, with all sincerity, without apology, but, but it frustrates me. 90% of the church today will never lead a person to Jesus Christ because they don't realize or think that they're worthy to do it. When in fact, can I just go ahead and give you a big crescendo punchline? You're not worthy. But if Christ be in you, you're worthy through him. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became my sin that you and I may be made what? The righteousness of God through Christ. You are the righteousness of Christ if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And therein lies the power. And Jesus said it this way. You have the same power that I had. The word there is deutimos, where we get the word dynamite. And he says, greater works will you do in my name. And that's what we need to grab onto today. We started last week with several uh, of these references to walk in a newness of life. It brings about real change. And, and here's what I said. It's, a, it's kind of the starting point of this series is when I see myself new, there are some things that will change about me. How do you believe that? There are some things that are going to change because I see myself new. Last week I gave you a few. And remember, if you're OCD and you were taking notes last week, we went to one, two, three, and then the Holy Spirit spoke. We jumped to seven. So I'm going to come back and qualify those others so you OCD folks won't be mad at me, okay? So number one was when we see ourselves as new, watch what we'll do. We will stop waddling in self-pity. 
We won't waddle in self-pity. Here's why. Because we see ourselves, we see ourselves as new, and we won't. Why do we get self-pity? Why do we get frustrated? Because we feel like we're still the same person we used to be. But when you look through a different lens and you see yourself as new in Christ, the old things passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Listen, there's no room for self-pity. Do you know why? Because you're too busy walking around being new. There's no room for that. So you got to stop swallowing in self-pity. Secondly, we said that we will no longer squander our power. When we see ourselves as new, we won't just watch this. If I stand before you today and say, we need five folks to go into the nursery, there's a good chance that about seven or eight of you, because you're responders to a need, you will jump up and run over there and you will hold a baby. And I'd say that's great, but here's the, here's the problem. If you're not passionate and you're not called to do whatever you're serving in, you're going to burn out and that helps no one. You need to be passionate. I said this, this last week. If you don't like kids, don't volunteer for the nursery. You know, that's not smart. That's not your giftedness. Some people, however, like you look at Deborah and Marty Ellis, they go back there every week. They miss church every week. You know why? Because it's their passion. Can I say this to you? If you don't want to go, and I've not been to Zambia, but I've been to Nigeria a few times. If you don't want to go and live in a hut in 120 degree weather when the wind's blowing without electricity and bathe out of a soup bowl, probably don't need to go on the mission field. You see, you need to do what you're passionate about doing. And here's why I say this. If we continue to squander our power, then what we're doing is running from pillar to post, and we're not being effective in the area that God has called us to operate in, based upon our spiritual giftedness. So don't squander your power. And you do this when you realize you're new. Thirdly, and I'm just qualifying what we said last week. Thirdly, if you are a new creature and you realize your newness in Christ, you will no longer resist the change. Can I say it this way? You will want to listen to things that you used to not want to listen to. You'll change the music dial on your radio. How many of you grew up on 96 Rock? If you're not from around here, just bear with me. We had the car tag. We flipped it upside down, and it still said 96. It was really awesome. And we listened to Leonard Skinner, and we listened to all the great music and all that. And, and I told my wife, I shared this with a group last week. I said, you know, I, when, when I was getting into the church, I told her, I said, here's the deal. I'll go to church, but you, you're not taking Leonard Skinner. Simple Man is, is a very godly song. Sweet Home Alabama is really talking about the dove. You know, it's a dove coming down or something. I, I was just making all these wonderful excuses. But you know what happened? When I fell in love with Jesus, he changed my heart. So I wanted to listen to stuff. I, I was listening to southern gospel music, Stephanie in the house, walking around singing Sandy Patty. I ought to do it for y'all. It would blow your mind. I can do it. Not going to happen. Mm-mm. But the reality is, We need to stop resisting change because here's what I know to be true. When I grab onto the heart of God, there is going to be change. I'm going to want to come to church. My wife used to drag me to church. And I'd go to church and I'd sit there and go, bless me if you can. Does anybody do that in here? Y'all don't come in here like that, do you? Because I will sure do it. (laughs) See, resisting change suggests that You're still trying to take control of your life. Can I tell you something? The Bible says you've been bought with a price. You're no longer your own. Do you know why missionaries give up their life and go across the ocean or go into harm's way? I'll tell you why. When when God called me to go to Nigeria several years ago to preach at at a big conference, uh, I had no intention of going, never wanted to go, never had prayed about going. The Holy Spirit opened the door for me, and Stephanie and I started looking. You know what we, I don't know if y'all do this in Africa, but here's what we do here. I pulled up the the State Department website. I'm making sure it's safe. I'm making sure everything's in in check because I'm a control freak. Anybody else a control freak? Some of y'all need to get your hands up. 
See, you're so controlling, you won't even let me tell you to raise your hand because you didn't decide to think of it. But, but watch this. And I started looking through all of the stuff, and, and I realized it was very dangerous at the time for us to go. This has been several years ago. And, and I remember sitting down with my mom at dinner, and I was telling her where we were going, and, and, and she was like, you know that's not safe. And I went, no, it's really awesome. It's safe. It's really safe. Everything's safe there. And I told her this, and I started crying. I said, you know what, Mom? If God's called me to go to Africa and I don't go, it's more dangerous for me to stay here than it is to go over there. You see, change is the result of being new in Christ. Amen? Number four, real quickly. This is where it's going to hurt some of us that are OCD and very orderly in our life. When you see yourself as new, you will no longer worry about what you cannot change. You see... When we are controlling in this life, can I tell you what it really is? It's a lack of faith on your part. See, faith is belief. Watch this. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith requires, watch this, an absolute trust in God and an absolute distrust in self and flesh. Paul said it this way. The things that I want to do, I don't do those things. The things I don't want to do, those are the things I find myself doing. He spoke of this spiritual warfare that was raging in his life, and he realized he had to what? Die to self. You know, if you want to follow Christ, let a man deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow Jesus. See, it it, it lets down the guard of thinking that everything has to be the way that it has to be. It just comes to a point where you see yourself as new, and here's what you do. You show up in God's Word, you just go here here I am use me and you direct it here's a blank check God you sign it and you tell me where you want me to go you tell me what you want me to give up you tell me the things I can't change you can pray a serenity prayer and I think that's a beautiful thing but the reality is is you need to simply die to self and realize that God is calling you into areas that you may never be able to change let me say it this way he's going to call you to love somebody that you can't change you can't change people Please don't get married, young person, thinking you're going to change your spouse. Somebody been married a while going, yeah. You won't change them. But let me tell you what you will do. And it's evident even in my life. You keep praying. You keep marching on. You keep being fervent in your efforts to serve the Lord. And just maybe the Holy Spirit can change them through you. But you won't ever change them. But you got to realize... That there's a trust greater than trust in your own abilities. Seek ye first, the Bible said, the kingdom of God and all, watch this, all his righteousness. And all these other things will be added to you. Have you ever asked what these other things are? I did. Back up a few verses. It says, don't worry about what you're going to eat. Don't worry about what you're going to wear. Don't worry about where you're going to lay your head. Don't even take thought for your life. Watch this. But if you want to see the change that's coming in your life, just simply seek him. How many of you like simple? How many of you like just the bottom line? You ask a question, you want a simple answer. You don't want to go through this long, long, some some of y'all like me, you don't go through this whole big thing just to get an answer. I love when I was raising my kids, I'd ask them a question. Well, see, this is what happened, Dad. They go through this long thing, this long, drawn-out process. You know what? I'm the same way with God. I just want to know, what do you want me to do, God? And that's what I will do. And quit resisting the change and quit moving forward thinking that I can change everybody. Number five, everybody say grace. Number five in the Word of God stands for grace. So number five I put here intentionally because some of y'all are fixing to cringe. You're fixing to draw up your feet. You know that I'm fixing to step on your toes. When you walk in newness, you need to realize you can't please everyone. That should be liberating to some of us. 
Because some of us will exhaust ourselves trying to please everyone around you. Can I tell you something? James 4 and verse 4 says, You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? Can I say it this way? If everybody in town, everybody in your workplace, and everybody in your home is happy with you, can I tell you something? Here's a, here's a big aha moment. There's a good chance that if everyone else is happy with you, God is not. Because I'm going to tell you something. When you, when you say, God, here I am, there will be things he will call you to do that will go against the grain of what everybody else thinks you should do. Say, Mark, what does that mean? Am I going to hurt some feelings? No, no, no. You go into it with the right frame of reference to just love people. How many of you know sometimes people are unlovable? You know that's true. Quit trying to please everyone else and walk into a place, watch this, where you can just realize that sometimes you have a voice to be who God has called you to be. It reminds me of the story of a very wealthy young man, uh, older gentleman, I guess I should say. His mom was fixing to have her 85th birthday. And he thought, man, what am I going to get my mom? I got all this money. You know, I can buy her a house. You know, but she'll just stay in one little small room. Or, or maybe I could send her on a cruise and, man, she wouldn't even go and eat all the food. It would be a big waste of money. You know, she'd just stay in that one little cabin. Or, or, or maybe maybe I can, I can do something else. So he went to a pet store. He went to the pet store, a big high-end pet store, and he said, I, I want to do something special for my mom's 85th birthday. They said, what does she like to do? They said, she just likes to sit around the house and read, watch the birds outside, stuff like that. She's got all these hummingbird feeders. She just loves to watch the birds. He says, I got the perfect gift. I got these two parrots over here. And they can sing. They can dance on cue. And they can speak 11 languages. He goes, I'll take them. He said, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, these, these birds cost 10 grand a piece. He said, money is no object for my mama. He said, I want you to do this. I want you to send them to her. I want to surprise her. Is there a way you can ship them to her? Yeah, yeah, we'll take care of it. We'll send it. About two or three days went by. He hadn't heard from his mom. He's like, Man, what's up? I mean, she, you know, surely she got the gift. And he called, he said, hey, mom, did, did, you, did, you, did you get my gift? Did you get what I said? She said, yeah, and they was good, too. <laughs> mom, don't you realize these birds were $10,000 apiece? They could speak 11 languages. She said, they should have spoke up. <laughs> you see, our value in who... <laughs> I just realized I'm going to probably get a call from a, a, a bird lover. I think we need to realize our value in this thing right here in our voice. Can I tell you something, guys? The days of political correctness are over for a child of God. It doesn't matter what they think. It doesn't matter what you think. What matters is what he has said. But let me tell you something. The reason that you'll have a woman step up uh, and, and take prayer out of schools is because the people who believe the lie will speak louder than you and I who can adhere to the truth. You go to Jamaica and you, you'll see it all throughout the Caribbean. You'll see this influx uh, of false doctrine teaching and cults. And let me just say this. A cult is anyone who denies the, the deity of Jesus Christ being the son of God, being fully God, being the redeemer of the world. If they deny, He's not just a good old boy. He's not just a good prophet. No, no, no. He's the redeemer of the world. He's God who came in the flesh. John 1 and 14 said, and he became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. He is fully God. He wasn't created 2,000 years ago. And any religion that denies that is a cult and you need to run from it. But watch this. People who believe that type of doctrine, Wally, will go door to door, house to house, will sell everything they have, 
Take it to some crazy fanatic and give it over. You see it in the Guyana tragedy. You see it in, in Waco and on and on and on and on and on. Yet we can't get people to simply share the gospel of Jesus Christ in their own community. Do you know why? Because watch this. At the end of the day, we're just trying to please people rather than please God. Let me say this loud and clear, church. There's a day coming, and I believe it's soon, that you and I will not just stand, but will fall to our face before a holy God, and He is the one. You'll be naked. You can laugh if you want. You won't have kids. You won't have your pastor. You won't say, well, I didn't under, I didn't understand this. You know why you can't understand it? Because you've never gotten in it. You're afraid of it. But if you get in this book and this book gets into you to change your life, and watch this, the, re- the, the response of that is you can't keep your mouth closed about him. It doesn't matter. I heard a guy say one time, he said, I don't care if it hair lips hail, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. We need to take that kind of boldness. There's, there's a guy in our town. Um, there's a guy in another town. I don't want it to hit too close to home. His job was on the line because he was sharing the gospel. You know what he said? Hey, if I lose my job, I'm going to still do what God's called me to do. You know why? Because I'm more concerned, church, hear me. I'm more concerned about pleasing him than I am pleasing all of you. And I say that with love. Please know my heart. But I'm not going I'm not going to preach a message that necessarily you want to hear. I'm not going to preach it the way you want to hear. Here's what I want to do. When I come up here and Pastor David and Steve and, and I'm sure Pastor Lawrence can tell you this and Stuart, anybody else has ever shared the gospel. Let me tell you something. This is a heavy thing to stand up here. And the reality is, I think my voice just changed. I just went through maturity. Did y'all hear that? But, but the reality is, is when I come up here, I, I sometimes I walk out here and God says, it just changes it all. And I'm like going, all right, God, if you want to do that. And he says, Mark, you need to realize. Your only goal in coming out here is an audience of one. You need to please me. And that's a heartbeat as a child of God. Number six is when I see myself as new, I will accept the risks of following Jesus. Oh, wait a minute, Mark. You mean you mean when I follow Jesus, everything's not going to be perfect? Oh, no, no, no. Contrary. I submit to you that when you follow Jesus, all hell may break loose in your world. But God, there's a spirit of comfort. Isn't it interesting that when Jesus was here on earth that he said these words? He said, it's expedient that I leave. It's expedient. It's necessary that I go away. Because if I go away, I'll send another one in my place. And he's the comforter. Why do we need a comforter, church, if God is not calling us to step outside our comfort zones? God desires for you to be uncomfortable. Do you know why? Because just like the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, when he said, I prayed three times three times that God would deliver me from this thorn in my flesh. We don't know what it was. We can have suspicions. Was it his eyesight? I don't know. But here's what I know to be true. He was writing the Bible. He was going on missionary journeys. He was preaching. He was a church planner. He was mentoring Silas and Barnabas and, and Timothy. All of these things going on. And he simply came to God and said, God, would you just simply take whatever this is? It could have been a person. We do know that it was Satan the messenger who came to buffet him so they did not become high minded but we don't know exactly what was going on you know what the Bible says Jesus said no why would God call me to do something and then allow some thorn in my flesh for me to have to carry this thing around so that it burdens me to do what God's called me to do it may just be that there's a risk involved in giving it all to Jesus why because Paul said it best Jesus said it through Paul he said because when you're weak is my strength made perfect in your life What if God wants you to just think that you're nothing, but with Him, you can do all things? 
What if he's wanting others to see your weaknesses and your depravity and your, your brokenness and, and, and your frustration, yet you continue to push on and do what God has called you to do? Mark, why would a God in heaven who loves me do that? One reason only, because he wants to get the glory and he wants you to give it to him. See, God is not concerned about your name being made famous. He's concerned about his name being made famous. And then I said last week, those of us who walk in newness need to realize that the past is gone. Any man being Christ, he's a new creation. Watch this. The old things passed away. They're gone. They're in the do-overs. There's no I'll try again. Once that is behind me, it's over, it's over, it's over. And watch this. Now things are become new. New is better than old. In any economy. Here's the problem that I think some of us have done. Some of us have treated coming to Christ like buying a used vehicle. We go buy a new vehicle and we say, hey, I like your new car. Oh, no, it's, it's, it's 2012. Yeah, but it's new to you. Oh, yes, new to the situation. Let me tell you something. Any man being Christ, he's not a used car that's new to the situation. It's brand spanking new, never been driven in. It's empowering. It has everything you need, and it's right there. And unfortunately, some of us, and we did this last week with a pitcher of water, we had a contaminated uh, glass of water, and then we took clean water and began to pour it into it. And then we just kept pouring and kept pouring. It's a picture of us going to church and praying and fasting and, and giving and serving. And we just keep pouring clean water into a contaminated vessel of water when, in fact, all we needed to do was dump the dirt out, and then it's an empty vessel. We don't like to be broken. We don't like to be an empty vessel. But I submit to you, church, that you will never be new in Christ until you first die to self, empty yourself out, so that you make room for him and only him. But the problem is, many of you have this morning, and you will in a moment. You will come down this aisle, and bless your heart, man, you will, you will feel it. You will, you will be prompted by the Holy Spirit to give your life and give your burdens. Cast your cares upon me, for I care for you, he says. You will come down here, and you will bow your head at this altar, and you will give it to God, and you will walk out that door liberated. You will walk out changed. You will walk out new. And you'll get out in that parking lot. You'll drive away, and when no one's looking, you'll break through the back door, come in here, and pick that junk up that you lay down and take it back with you and carry it the rest of the week. Because we can't let go of our past. When in fact, the greatest thing we can do to walk in newness is simply to realize that our past is gone. And today is a new beginning. You know, one of the things that, and I'm sure Celebrate Recovery teaches this, Alcoholics Anonymous teaches that if a man is a, is a, is a drug or, or, or an alcohol addict or anything like that, that if you tell them, to, to quit drinking for the rest of their life. It's so overwhelming to them because they have, it has been a part of their fabric for so long. And you tell them, say, just quit drinking, just lay it down. It's overwhelming to them. And that's why you see people go in and out of that addiction. When in fact they begin to teach, they say, well, here, here's what we'll do then. Just, just quit drinking today. Lay it down today. One day, you might could do it for one day. And then tomorrow when you wake up, you lay it down today. And then the next day when you get up, you just lay it down today. And you begin to know, before, I mean, before you realize it, you've had a week of laying it down. And it's behind you. And you've been able to function without the alcohol. Can I tell you something? Our, our, our spiritual life is the same way. 
God wants you to live in victory. In fact, he says you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. But watch this. We can live in victory in one day in here, and then we go back out there because we think Mark's saying or the church is saying or the pastor's saying or whatever, that we got to live in victory. And here's what we think that means. We think, Lawrence, that means that you got to walk perfectly. You can't ever mess up. You can't do them. Can I tell you something? You will mess up. The Bible says for all of sin and come short the glory of God. That's not a one-time occurrence. You come short the glory of God daily. But when you acknowledge that and you realize that it's when you're weak, he's made strong, you begin to walk with him and the past is gone and you walk in the newness. And when you mess up, 1 John 1, 9 says, if I confess my sin, he's faithful and he's just. Aren't you glad he's faithful and just? To forgive me of my sin and to cleanse me, watch this, of all unrighteousness, daily. As the band comes, I want you to really put your head around this next one. Don't worry about these guys that are coming. Somebody needs to hear this today. When you realize you're new and you walk in newness, you will quit walking in the same holes. Maybe you need to hear this in your spirit. The holes, the failures, the pits that are out there, they're still there. If you study the sheep-shepherd relationship, you'll realize that a shepherd has a sheep's crook. A sheep will walk away from the shepherd. And he'll walk off into a hole and he'll take that, that, that crook and he'll pull him out by his neck or wrap it under his waist and he'll pull him out and he'll sit and he's kind of like, you know, he has to deal with him and he takes him back to the fold. And guess what? If that sheep is left alone, he will go right back inquisitively and look over and fall in that same hole. And we do the same thing. If there is something, hear me church, if there is something that has grabbed you back there, it will grab you again today. You're not strong enough for it. You need to put an, listen, I had a guy tell me one time when I was a youth pastor, his son started falling away from the ministry. I said, what's going on with, with so-and-so? Oh, he's just hanging around with the wrong people. And before I could even shut this thing, I said, no, your son is the wrong people. The reality is, is we, we want to put it off over there somewhere. But, but can I tell you something? If you are hanging around with folks, young people, adults, if you're hanging around people and they're pulling negativity out of you and they're drawing the things that you don't want in here to come out, guess what? Put an X on that. Begin to pray for them and walk away. Because it's a hole. It's a rut. It's a pit. And walking in newness won't allow you to go to the same places. It won't allow you to go and do the same things. And if you do walk into the oldness, guess what? You're not walking in the newness of Christ. There's a story, true story, of a pastor, and I know the guy, who went to Paris for a speaking engagement. He and his wife went, and they have couple little ones and this was the first time they could get away and he he was thinking man everything's paid for and one of the nights they're going to go down to this real high-end district in Paris and he'd heard about this amazing restaurant a restaurant that you got to have months and months and months in advance or you got to know somebody to even be able to go in so he told his wife excuse me he told his wife he said I want you to put on your finest just get dressed. Where are we going? Where are we going? I'll, I'll tell you. Just get dressed. Pulls out front. There's a limo that pulls out front. Paid for by the conference speakers and everything in Paris. And just everything's just clicking. She walks outside feeling so special. She gets in and they start going down the road. And the 
limo driver lets the window down and he says, we're almost here. And she begins to look out and she sees this sign of this place that, oh my gosh, are you serious? You, you got us a, a table there? He goes, not yet, but I'm, I'm believing God. I'm believing God for favor. And they get out and there's this bridge and this beautiful river that passes right beneath um, the entrance to the, to the restaurant. He told her, he sees this huge line. There's like 300 people in line. She says, are you sure? Are you sure you go back? Yeah, baby, I got it. That's the way I roll. Favor of God. Going to get it. He walks up and he stands in this line and he turned around and looked at her and she's like, here you go. He stands in the line. About two hours past, she's been sitting there on this park bench. He gets to the front of the line. There's this, there's this lady standing there and she folds her arms. What may I help you with? He says, uh, I want a table. See, I'm from America. <laughs> she goes, So? No, no, you don't understand. I, I've come a long way. I've heard about this. I, I got some buddies that. She said, Let me stop you right there, buddy. You're not getting in. He looks over across all the people and he sees his wife down there going, He's like going, he said, ma'am, you don't understand. You see, you see that girl over there? She's the apple of my eye. She's got my heart. That's my baby. That's my wife. We never get to go out like this. You've got to give me a table. She said, I, I don't care who she is. I don't care who you are. You're not getting a table. So he kind of, rather than showing himself, he, he just kind of drops his head and he begins to walk back. And the wife is over there just... He gets over there to her and he said, baby, I'm sorry. They don't have any room. There's no way. This little dog runs up around in between he and his wife and she reaches down and picks him up and this man is hollering, wee, 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 stop, stop the dog, stop the dog. She's holding the dog and everything. He said, thank you so much. This is my baby. This is my dog and oh, older distinguished man. She said, it's no problem. It's no problem. He said, well, what, what, are you, what are you doing here? He said, well, we're from America. I'm a pastor. This is my wife. And we, we never get to get out. And we, we heard about this place. And I wanted to do something special for my baby. She puts up with a lot. He said, you want to get in there? Pastor said, wee, wee. He said, follow me. So he grabs the dog and they start walking. And the wife's going, who is this guy? He goes, I don't know. He says, just keep walking. They get right up to that table where that lady's at and, and she's just like this. She's looking, she's looking right at him. All the other people, she's looking around him. He says, hey, sir, sir, listen, I, I've already done I don't want to get embarrassed again. I, I, that lady's not going to let me through. He said, just follow me. He gets up there he, right at and he looks and he goes, there with me. She goes, yes, sir. They walk right by. He said, I'm going to give you the best table in the house. He goes, who are you? He said, I'm the owner. And watch this. Hold on, hold on. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. There is nothing that woman could have done to stop two people who weren't allowed in to come in because they showed up with the owner. 
You see, here's the thing, man. You think you're nobody. You think you're worthless. You think you're not worthy. But all you got to do when I come to Christ, as I am broken, debilitated, worthless, not worthy, dirty, contaminated, everything you can bring to the table. Watch this. I'm walking with the owner, man. I'm walking in. Ain't a devil in hell can stop you. Because you're going in with the owner, man. And see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. We, we can clap. We can applaud. We praise God. I'm not going to let, man, that was really cool when you pour the water out. But watch this. But if you don't make change in your life today, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. If any woman be in Christ, she is a new creation. Watch this, girls. Guess what? You made a wrong turn over here. God can make you brand new. You're not contaminated. You're not used goods. You come before that altar when you marry that man and I am righteous in Christ. Oh, but Mark, you don't understand. I was an alcoholic. Guess what? You stand up and say, man, I'm new in Christ Jesus. It is as if it never happened. New is new. New is not the new old. New is new. And today, I believe some people just need to step up and say, I'm, I'm with him. I'm walking with the owner. And then the devil in hell can stop you from walking in the newness that God is calling you to walk in today. Young people, you can go to school tomorrow brand new. Husbands, frustrated in a 15, 17, 18 year of marriage, you can go home today and you can be equipped to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Why? Because you stepped in with the owner. Mama, I feel like nobody cares. You're making breakfast, you're making lunch, you're cleaning the house, kids come in, throw stuff, and nobody cares. Let me tell you, God cares. And you're making a difference in the lives of those people. They just don't know how to thank you yet. But I'm going to tell you, there's going to be a day where you're going to stand before God. And He's going to say, well done. That good and faithful servant, enter you in to all that I have prepared for you. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I believe with all of my heart, before I even give an invitation, that there's somebody in here right now that needs to stand up from where they are. They need to come to this altar. If you're a guest, if you've been here forever, you need to come to this altar. I'm going to stand down front, and you need to do nothing but shake my hand and say, Hey, I got that. I am new today in Christ. Just come. Just come right now. For the rest of you, heads bowed and eyes closed. Do you know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior? If you don't, you're not new. You can't be new. You're going to live in the frustrations the rest of your life. Or you right now can pray and ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Would you pray with me right now from your heart to God? God in heaven, I'm a sinner. I have failed you. But today, I ask you, Jesus, to forgive me of all my sin. I ask you to save me. Be the Lord of my life. Help me to live for you until the day that I die if you pray that prayer today with every head bowed and every eye closed I don't want you to hesitate I don't want you to think about it I don't want you to debate it it's the most important decision you've ever made in your entire life so not just raising your hand if you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life today stand up just stand up right now don't even hesitate don't think about it stand up right now in the house just stand up stand up stand up